Welcome back, everybody, to the Rooted in Logos podcast, episode number 74. My name is Brad. I'm joined, as always, by Austin. Well, good evening, sir. Hello there. Good evening. We are recording back at my house again on a Monday night, August 1st. We are in August. This year is flying by. The year is flying by. The summer is going by quickly. Kids are going back to school this week. Actually, I think some of the kids in some of our districts have gone back already. Last week, yeah. Some of them come back this week. It's it's kind of uh, kind of crazy. But we are back in action, ready to go for episode number 74, The Parable of the Unforgiving Servant. Yeah. First things first, though, the month of July... It was our biggest month we've ever had, yeah. listens-wise. It was awesome. So thank you guys. It, when we published our last episode, I put a Facebook post out saying, hey, we are really close to breaking the record. That'd be awesome if you guys could share this, get some episodes downloaded. doesn't have to be this one. It could be any of them. Just get us a total over what we were at uh, yeah. back in June of 2021. Well, we surpassed it by 50. Wow. Or close to 50. Yeah. And we bumped over 500 downloads for the first time ever. Dude. Which is for a month. Not yeah. like 533 downloads for the month of July. Wow. Which is awesome. So thank you guys so much. Biggest month ever. And I don't think I even told Austin this, but before the trend started started that we were having a big month, I was thinking, okay, maybe we take August off and relaunch in September. Yeah. Maybe we take the month off. I'm going on vacation for a couple of weeks. You know, Austin's got a lot of stuff going on with him and his house and his kids. And, you know, just give us time to recharge, refuel, revamp, put a new vision out there, and then get going. But (laughs) how can we stop (laughs) when we got some momentum? When we have momentum and we have the biggest month we've ever had a year and two months into this. So we're not going to stop. We're going to keep going. We're going to keep going. We're going to roll right through it. We're excited, but again, we cannot thank you guys enough for jumping on, downloading, sharing episodes. Mm-hmm. Our, those of you all who have been on the podcast recently, yeah. thank you guys, because I know you all have shared with your friends and your family that you guys have been on, and, and so we thank you for that. I'm going to look live right now and see what our Facebook group is at. Still at 87. Holding steady at 87. We haven't lost anybody. We would like to get to 100 by September. So if you guys will share our page, give us a like and a follow on Facebook. That would be wonderful. Um, And we'll get up to 100 and keep this momentum going. Keep this train rolling along. And everyone can begin and remain rooted in the word. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Rooted in the Logos. Yeah. Yeah. See what I did there? You like I like that? It. I yeah, like that. That's like good. It. So, <laughs> we are going to dive into Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 through 35, the parable of the unforgiving servant. And we're kind of going through some of the parables of Jesus these next few weeks. And as we prepare for kind of new content and kind of some relaunching of ideas and visions, I think. I'm going to float this idea out here just on the podcast. If you don't like it, I'll cut it out and we don't even, we'll pretend it never happened. But I like the idea of maybe that first episode in September just being like, all right, here's our vision for what we want to do for the next year. Why are things interrupting us right now? What is happening? God says no. (laughs) Or or Satan. We have to discern. (laughs) I said, just keep rolling. Yeah, I'm going to keep rolling. So anyway, that's kind of my thought for kind of where we go we're going to finish up some parables and then we're going to dive into new content and a new vision and a new like hey 
Same format, of course, yeah. but like, where do we want to go? What do we want to do? Right. What do we want the next like five years to look like? Yeah. So, or fifty to five hundred. <laughs> so, yeah. gosh, fifty years. You know, I'll be in my eight. Oh, this is weird. I don't like that. What about five hundred? My five thirties. Yeah. <laughs> that's a spring chicken. We're still. building a Christendom here. Okay, yeah. we got. <laughs> so that's kind of where we are. We're gonna do some parables to wrap up the month of August, and then we're gonna dive into some different things. Yeah. Um, we are going to get to our discussion on the Reformed theology versus, I don't know what the other side calls it now, other than Arminian. Free will. Free will theology. We're going to talk yeah. about that, and we're going to have people on for those episodes and, and just kind of interview style, get their take and, and how they how they are able to biblically justify their worldview and, and look yeah. at it from both sides. Austin and I are remaining as objective as possible. Uh, we will... Ask tough questions to both, because there are tough questions to be asked to both sides of that yeah. argument and that debate. And we want to do that and just see what see what happens and go see from what there. scripture says. Yeah. And so we're going to do that. And, and we're going to again, we're going to continue to talk about different false teachers and false religions. Uh, we haven't scrapped that plan completely. Yeah. So we're going to do that. But that takes a lot more planning. Not that this doesn't take planning, but it takes a lot more planning than going through parables and with schoolwork for me, Austin's family stuff and, and housing stuff. Yeah. Like we're going to do stuff that we can do with quality that also doesn't require a overload or an over yeah. amount of preparation. Yeah. So if that makes sense, does it make sense? Makes sense. Okay. I gotcha. All right. <laughs> so, um, so that's our plan and it's going to be exciting. September is going to be a fun month. Yeah. And I'm, I'm hoping, uh, I asked Austin before we started recording if he had looked at our Google Doc that I put out with all the kind of ideas I have and just kind of the thoughts and the vision and different things. And no, no. unfortunately, he has not. The, the answer is no. So <laughs> it's on the list I'm, of things to do. While I'm excited about the ideas I have, Austin isn't super familiar with them yet. <laughs> no, he's quite privy to it. <laughs> so he might be excited. I hope he is. I, I'm excited. <laughs> I don't even have to look at it. I know. Of course. <laughs> but we're going to we're gonna do some cool stuff, I think, and bring in some new people and, and do special content for, for patrons because we want to raise money for actual yes. things. We have goals. We have ideas that we want to use first and foremost. We need to upgrade some of our equipment because when we recorded with four people last week, Poor Austin was stuck holding his mic <laughs> because one of my stands was broken and I kind of forgot because we never use all four. So yeah, it's true. It's pretty rare. You know, we need to upgrade some of that equipment and get a little bit more uh, stable stuff that isn't falling apart. We don't have to piece together. It's fine. And then uh, do some marketing, do some advertising and, you know, use our money to expand this and expand hopefully the expand kingdom. the kingdom. So, yeah. so today... Matthew chapter 18, mm-hmm. The Unforgiving Servant. Let's dive into it. I'll read until I decide to stop, and then I'll let Austin jump in. and Or just, just take it. Finish it off. So yeah, here we take go. the whole thing. Parable of the Unforgiving Servant, Matthew 18, starting in verse 21. Then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times. Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with the servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, have patience with me and I will pay you everything. 
And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. But when the same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, pay what you owe. So this fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I will pay you. But he refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed and they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. Mm. The parable of the unforgiving servant. Yeah, so to give this some, some context, this is directly after... So Matthew 17, verses 10 through 14 is the parable... Or no, sorry, uh, verses 15. 15 through 20 is um, talking about if your brother sins, sins against you, what are you supposed to do? And Jesus is talking about basically church discipline. You know, you go to your brother and you you confront him about this sin. If he if forgiveness happens, then you've gained a brother. But if he basically rejects you, then what you do is you bring a couple more people and you address him again. If he still rejects, then you take it to the church. And if he still does not repent at this point, then it tells you what to do from there. And so Peter is piggybacking off of that saying, all right, Jesus, you know, how many times are we supposed to forgive people? And and that's where Jesus is picking up. So, Austin, do we only forgive somebody 77 times? So, for, so 77 or some of them say 70 times 7. Correct. So, that's uh, 490, I believe. That, that's, that's quite a bit, but that's pretty specific, right? Yeah. Right. I mean, I take this as... It's rhetorical, as in, like, no, there is no number. There is no number on how many times you forgive a brother. It's you forgive him all the time. It's not Jesus saying, yes, 490 times, that's as much as you will forgive a brother. And after the 490 time, you don't have to do it anymore. So that that's how I've taken it. And the reason so is the end. The end is... So also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. It's not if you don't forgive your brother 490 times. It's just if you don't forgive forgive him at all. Yeah. 77 times or 70 times 7. Like the Bible, Jesus, or Jesus is not saying you forgive them up to 490 times. Right. Like that's not where this is going. And And as Austin alluded to there, the ending makes that very clear. Mm-hmm. He is not setting an amount. Basically, what Jesus is doing is, is again, he's using a parable, so he's using some hyperbolic language, and he's taking Peter's seven times and making it a much larger number, saying that we need to be fervent in our forgiveness and willing to forgive as many times as necessary. Don't put a number on it. Just forgive, because you have been forgiven much. We're going to get into that here in just a little bit. Yeah. Well, and and something to be said, too, because as... For Brad and I, you know, one of one of our things with Root is, is we want to be rooted in Scripture. And what do Roots do? Well, they go deep. If if we are the proper tree that we're wanting to be. So as we go through these parables, you know, we're, we're going to dig deep. We're going we're gonna to not necessarily pick it apart, but we're going through getting as deep as we can. But on the other side of not 
surpassing the point of the parable. Right. So it's like... Not reading into it what's not there. Exactly. But even just... I mean, there are so many things in here that play into just the the power of God. But then also not going too deep as to miss the purpose of, okay, Peter asked a question, and literally within that first verse, Jesus answers the... Or the second verse from there is, Jesus answers the question. And then he goes into the answer of the question and exactly how he got there. So I read a story, I was doing some research for this and I read a story of a gentleman named Walter Everett. He was a Methodist pastor in Hartford, Connecticut. And a gentleman by the name of Michael Carlucci was convicted of manslaughter because he shot and killed Everett's son. And Michael Everett was a shining example of what forgiveness is supposed to look like. So, no, I'm not a parent. Uh, Austin obviously has four kids. I have people that I care about deeply and, and fiercely and would protect at all costs. And I know, Austin, those feelings for you as a parent have to be beyond what I feel for people who aren't necessarily blood-related to me, but that I do deeply care about and would, again, protect at all costs. Right. If that were to happen to my kid or to someone I care about or, Austin, to your kid, this idea of just forgiving that person, that's tough. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. To take something like that from you, whether accidental or not, but especially on purpose, premeditated, or in a fit of passion, the idea of forgiving that person seems tough. And and it would be tough. It, it, I cannot imagine how difficult it would be. So, like, maybe, by the grace of God, our desire for vengeance and, and retaliation and, and even our hatred for that person might begin to subside and, and begin to wane and, and begin to be you know, kind of taken down over time. Yeah. But like my guess is in that scenario, we're not going to want to see that person again. We're not going to want to help that person out, lend them a helping hand. Yeah. But should we? And 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 I think Michael Everett makes a good case for this because he forgave this man when he was sentenced. When he was convicted and sentenced, he forgave this man. Walter said he forgave Michael because people, quote, won't be able to understand why Jesus came and what Jesus is all about unless we forgive. So, you can, okay, that's a good sentiment. Like, is that, are those just words? Right. Well, no. He became, Michael became a believer in jail. Uh, when he was released, he wanted to get married. And Walter, the man whose son Michael killed, performed the wedding ceremony. Wow. And, you know, married the murder Michael of, of his son yeah. to his wife. Yeah. And it blew me away. Just yeah. blew me away yeah. because I, I don't know a if I could get to that point ever. Yeah, much less right away. Right, <laughs> right. But that's the kind of forgiveness we've been shown as believers. Yeah, we have a debt we cannot repay. Period. No matter what we do, yeah. and we'll get into that here in a second. I was going to say, with yeah, the parable th- itself. This opens up things that yeah we're we're going to get into. So, I just want to put that image into your head of, of this father grieving the loss of his son, but forgiving his son's killer. Yeah. To the point where he performed his wedding ceremony. Yeah. Well, and another one that comes to mind would be the stoning of Stephen. So, Acts chapter 7, verse 54. Now then, they heard these things. They were, in, they were enraged, and they ground their teeth at him. But he, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens opened 
and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and rushed together at him. Then they cast him out of the city and stoned him, and the witness laid down their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. And as they were stoning Stephen, he called out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And falling to his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. So Stephen, as he's being stoned, as he's being murdered, he is saying, Lord, please don't hold this against them. And right right there, Stephen forgave them. Stephen forgave them in his heart yeah. for his murder. And it's like, I I, <laughs> I would like to think that I would do that. Oh, of course. But it's yeah. like, I, I don't know. I don't know. You know, it, it's it's one thing to be someone who doesn't hold a grudge. And I feel like I don't hold grudges. Right. To where I'm like super angry at a person all the time or want nothing to do with them or right. want, wish ill upon them. But I do know of people in my past and, and, and currently in my life that I don't necessarily want to be around. I don't go out of my way to socialize, which I don't necessarily think there's anything wrong with that specifically, but what's the cause of that? Is it an, is it an unforgiving mentality, an unforgiving mindset? Right. Is that why you avoid that person? Is that why I don't make an extra effort to whatever? Or, you know, are there people that I think if I saw them on fire, I wouldn't help? Of course, I don't think that's the case. I think I would help <laughs> people if they needed it, right? Right. Right. But am I harboring some lingering unforgiveness to certain people just by the way I'm treating them or by the way I'm maybe not treating them, honestly? Yeah. So something to think about, something to kind of dive into. Is there someone that you avoid because you don't like them or they did something to you? Is it because of an unforgiving spirit or is it because you have tried to mend the relationship you've forgiven forget, and it just doesn't work? Right. In that case, there is a biblical, I mean, just the passage before this one, a biblical precedence to say, okay, we can move on from this relationship. Right. right. But have you done the work? Right. On your end? You can't control them, but have you done the work on your end to make sure you have forgiven that person? Yeah. I'm not sure I have on a couple instances. Well, in... in there is a part that we ran into of forgiveness versus trust. And okay, say you have a man hits you over the head with a stick. And you say, dude, why'd you do that? And he's like, oh man, I'm sorry. And you're like, oh, I forgive you. And then he hits you again. This, like, dude, why'd you like, do that? This feels like pushing Carter down the stairs exactly. all over again. Exactly. It's like, <laughs> dude, stop doing that. And he's like, oh yeah, I'm sorry. And they're like, I forgive you. And he hits you again. Okay, at what point do you take the stick away? And hit but him still, him. but still, <laughs> push him down the stairs. <clears throat> no, but you take the stick away and say, I'm, "I don't trust you with the stick anymore. I forgive you for hitting me, but I, I don't trust you to not hit me again." That for me, that's that's important because <clears throat> there is a trust part of it. And if you can't trust in him anymore, that doesn't mean that you have not forgiven them. You just don't trust them with that thing anymore. <laughs> And Carter does not walk next to me near stairs. He walks I on the opposite just side. Just keep pushing him down them. No. <laughs> <laughs> the parable of the pushing down the stairs is fine. So let's go back and revisit this question that Peter asks mm-hmm. because I found an insight here that talks about from D.A. Carson. It talks about in in the rabbinic you know, kind of the consensus of the, of the rabbis of the time is that a brother must be forgiven three times. But after that fourth time, there's no more forgiveness. So Peter kind of in classic Peter form is like, well, I'm going to show him I have a bigger heart. I'm going to say seven times. That's four more times than what's required of me by the rabbinic law. Four more times. And he's like, no, 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 dummy. <laughs> it goes beyond that. Yeah. And it goes beyond that to a heart issue. So Jesus answers him. 
he kind of puts, you know, douses the 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 fire there with with some cold water, and he's like, "No, we're not just forgiving seven times. We're not actually putting a number on it." Right. And he gets into the story. He gets into the parable of the forgiving king and the unforgiving servant. Yeah. So it's actually kind of two stories in one here. Yeah. So the first part of the story, of course. Which we've read, we're just going to brief overview. A master, a king, has a servant who owes him a lot of money. A lot of money. Some of the things I've read, they'll say things like $6 billion. Like an absurd amount of money that he will never be able to repay. Well, so 10000 So 10000 in Greek is the highest number that they could ever go to. So as of just me reading that, it's literally infinite. He, he had such a debt that it would have been impossible for him to ever pay it. Yeah. yeah. A debt that he could never repay. Yeah. And, you know, the, the master says, it is time to pay up. Mm-hmm. It is time to pay up or it's time for you to go to jail. And or actually, not even that. It's time for me to sell you, sell your wife, sell your kids. And sell your And place. sell all your possessions. Yep. And get my money back or at least what I can and then throw you in jail. Exactly. Right? <laughs> so... It is time to pay up. The creditors are calling nonstop. The mm-hmm. IRS is knocking at your door. You have to pay or face the consequences yeah. that are very severe. Very severe. Very severe in this case. Being sold into slavery, essentially, to pay your debt. And so what does the servant do? He begs not to have his debt forgiven, by the way. I want to point that out. Mm-hmm. He doesn't beg to have his debt forgiven. He begs for more time. more time. Please give me more time. I will pay you. Please give me more. I will start making payments. Please, please give me more I time. I will pay you everything. Pay you everything. Which, by the way, again, would have been impossible. Mm-hmm. He could not pay him everything. But he is desperate in this moment to say, have mercy on me. Yeah. I will do better. Yeah. <laughs> How many times do we do that as 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 Christians? How many times do we try to bargain with God and say, God, I will do better. I, I'm sorry. I I will I will not I will never do this. in the brokenness of our sin, I won't ever do this again. Knowing full well that we will. Yeah. And in his case, knowing full well that he can't pay this back. He won't ever pay it back. Right. We won't stop sinning this side of heaven, fully stop sinning. Of course, we're supposed to get better at not sinning, right? And become more and more like Christ. But this side of heaven, we will consistently let him down. Right. And we know that. And so we'll still beg and we'll make these grandiose promises of be, of repaying or of not doing this. I'll stop doing that. And we beg. And we yeah. beg and we beg. Yeah. I don't know. There's something there. Yeah. Well, and it's, yeah, it is interesting because you know the king knew. The king knew this, this guy is... It's like you're looking at an investment, a bad one versus a good one. And you're looking at, okay, I, if I sell this guy off, if I sell his house, if I sell his wife and his children, I'm going to recoup some of my 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 interest or so on, but I'm not going to recoup anything what this guy owes. And then taking pity, as it says, he took pity on him. The master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. So it's like, really? I'm, I'm just, yeah, you, you're good. Just leave everything. Take take all everything, your stuff. Everything's clear. Yeah, debt free and clear. Yeah, keep what you have, and you're free to go. You're a free man. And and what's interesting is so directly after that. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants. The Greek here is he searched, as in when he came out of the palace or wherever he was, he was looking for this person, this fellow servant, and he searched for him and finally found him. I want to go back really fast to the forgiving of the debt, because I just want to point Mm. out, too, that the king, the master, didn't give the servant what he asked for. The servant asked for more time 
to yeah. pay the debt. I will pay everything back. I will get you will get all of it back. Just give me more time. The sir or the master went above and beyond. That's true. And he said, "Your debt is forgiven." Period. Yeah. We are we are done here. <laughs> He's asking for the wrong thing. <laughs> he was asking for the wrong thing, yeah. but it, it it leads me to to talk, think through this idea that there is nothing too big that our God can't handle. There's nothing too big that our God won't forgive, right? Because you who have stolen a piece of candy out of the gas station versus you who have murdered, who has murdered somebody, both of you equally deserve hell. Yeah. Right? Yep. Equally. Granted, is the, are the consequences for murder greater than the consequences uh, uh, for stealing a piece of candy on earth? Absolutely they are. As they should be, right? I mean, all throughout the Bible and the Old Testament specifically, there are different levels of consequences for the whatever sin you committed like, right. or whatever crime you committed of course that's the case and, and yes the 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 consequences need to you know match the crime on the this side of heaven yeah. but cosmically eternally they're the same mm-hmm. that stolen candy bar versus that murdered person that murdered individual the Get, consequences are the same hell gets eternal, into the impartiality of god separate and eternal separation from god so this indicates that there is nothing too great that God can't forgive. Yeah. There's nothing too bad that he can't say, you are forgiven, go and sin no more. Right. Right? We are done here. We, I, I've wiped it clean. Yeah. Your debt is paid. You, uh, We owe God everything. We owe him our lives. We owe him our souls because we sinned against him. Yeah. We can't repay that. There is nothing we can do, period, to earn that forgiveness. But yeah, he does it anyway. Yeah. Anyway, just something to think about. There is, I've heard this so many times, especially from like the kids I've worked with in the past and and a lot of the older ones that, that have been through some stuff and have done some things. And they're like, man, Brad, I just... He can't forgive me. I've done too much. Mm-hmm. I, I've already, I'm already too far gone. I'm like, bro, you're 17. You're not too far gone. Even if you were 77, you're not too far gone. Yeah. There is nothing too bad, too horrific that God cannot forgive. And you know what? That's actually going to make some Christians mad because, or even some non Christians mad yeah. because you think of some of the most horrific people in history. Right. And you think, Man, if they repented and they came to a saving knowledge of Christ, Ted Bundy could be in heaven. Jeffrey Dahmer could be in heaven. The thought of Hitler in his bunker could have had a come to Jesus moment. And when you get to heaven, Hitler could be there. Yeah. And, and, And even me, in my mind, I'm like, that sounds horrendous. No, that should not be the case. But if you really think about it, you deserve hell just as much as they do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what was the quote I read the other day that that uh, Lindsay posted? Something to the effect of Paul entered heaven to that the cheers, cheers of the people he murdered. Yeah, yeah. They were so excited he was there. Yeah. That's how we should be. Yeah, that, it's wild. That'd be, yeah, something we like should be infinitely excited and happy to see people up there that we did we had no clue, yeah. right? If Dahmer's there, if Bundy's there, if Hitler's there, if, if Mussolini, if they're there, we should be thrilled. Because that is another soul that was forgiven, and yeah. another soul that God says, "You are mine." Yeah, come enter into this place I prepared for you. Yeah, wild thing to think about. I agree. I agree. Anyway, continue with what you were saying before I interrupted <laughs> you. Continuing verse twenty-eight. So yeah, this servant he went out and he found this other servant, and so like it's talking about at the end of the parable, it is a heart issue from the very beginning, and so he finds him. And he starts to choke him, and this servant owes him a hundred denarii, nowhere near the 10,000 that he owed. 
but he owed a hundred. And so what does he do? It same thing happens. The one that owned that owed him a hundred denarii. He fell on he fell on his knees and he started pleading with him. Have patience with me, and I will pay you. The exact same thing as the first guy did. I will pay you. He's gonna pay him back. And he refused and he put him in prison. And so the other servants saw what happened and they went and told the king. And the king was furious. Okay. Now we see this picture of God's anger, mm. his righteous anger. And this is not just an Old Testament God. This is New Testament. This is Jesus. Yeah. And he is furious. So what happens? Verse 32, then his master summoned him and he said, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers. In Greek, the jailers, more accurately, are torturers. He handed them over to the torturers to be tortured until he should pay all his debt. Again, a debt that he cannot repay. Yeah. Will never be able to repay. Yeah, that's too much. Well, and it's interesting because how do you repay a debt if you can't go to work? And if you're in, if you're in jail? Yeah. Granted, it is going to go back to your family, the selling of the family, yeah. the selling of everything you own, everything. Yeah. He finishes it. So also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. So for me, this goes to it again. It's a heart issue. My thought, my belief is if you have the Holy Spirit, you are going to forgive yeah. and not only forgive, but like the, the guy we read about in the beginning, it might take you some time, but I, I do believe that you will be able to do those things. Not again, not because of your own volition, not, not of your own self, but because the Holy Spirit within you is going to be able to do that. That's exactly it. It's a heart change. When you have that conversion experience and you understand and you wrap your mind around of what you've been forgiven and, and the idea that you are able to enter the kingdom of heaven, even though you don't deserve it, that should absolutely change your heart mm. and make you a forgiving person. Because you understand, as we said earlier, you deserve punishment just as much as the next guy. Yeah. Just as much as that person that, that cut you off in traffic, just as much as that person who killed your family member, just as much as that person who did unspeakable things, you deserve hell just as much as that person does. And something Brad and I re <coughs> remind each other every once in a while. Say, yeah. hey, Brad, just remember, you deserve hell. You deserve hell. I, actually, I said that to, to Paul this past Sunday, because you know, saying goodbye to him, didn't know if I was going to see him before he left. But, but you know, I'm going to say, dude, just I love you and great getting to know you. And he started walking away. I'm like, hey, hey, Paul, just remember, you deserve hell. <laughs> He's like, thanks. <laughs> Shout out, Paul. We're going to miss you. Keep listening. I don't even know if he listens, but listen to our podcast. And yeah, we'll, dude. we'll give you secret messages from, from here. Sometimes. We'll ask you to come on and tell us some stories. Yeah. Paul, actually, really cool thing. Side note, you got me on this little thing. Sorry. <laughs> he wants to be a missionary pilot, which I find really cool. He has an in. Yeah. He has an in, and he's that's what he's doing yeah. right now. He's going to go learn to be a pilot and study and go to flight, all that stuff. And then he's going to, he wants to fly missionary mission, missionary missions, missionary yeah. missions. It's a weird way to say it. Yeah. Anyway, really cool. Shout out, Paul. You're the best. Anyway, <laughs> also, you deserve hell. But. <laughs> So let's go back and let's remember like why this parable is being told mm -hmm. right, in the first place. Peter's question was about how much we must forgive a brother. Whenever we find ourselves asking, when can we forget others? There's a big problem there. 
Yeah. There's a problem. All right. We are forgetting or we're failing to appreciate just how much we've been forgiven. Yeah. And well, that's, it, that's it, a grave sin. It right? becomes a, a works-based thing. It's like, okay, I've forgiven him four times. I've got three more to go. <laughs> and yeah, it's it becomes a really bad thing. You start keeping... Love keeps no record. Now you're keeping a record. It goes back to what you said, Austin, about the idea of trust and, and this this difference between forgiveness and, and trust, right? The trust has to be earned back. Right. Forgiveness is not earned. We didn't earn our forgiveness. It was given to us. It is given. We yeah. did not earn it. We didn't do anything for it. It, it. it was not of our own volition. He forgave us because he loves us and says, you are my child. Yeah. I forgive you. I, I see Christ when I look at you. Where was I going with that? <laughs> did you see it leave? Did you see the train I leave? I, I saw it yeah. leave your eyes. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, I find it interesting because this is something Jesus already answered. So back in Matthew chapter 6, directly after he taught the disciples, the disciples asked how to pray. Jesus teaches them how to pray. And directly after the prayer, what does he say? If you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So, Peter's already heard this, but it's something that has not quite stuck in his head yet. So, I'm talking about the disciples, how quickly they forget. Or just talking about the, the Israelites, how quickly they forget. And this this is just one of those things, but it's like, no, we, we do that too. We, we are the exact same way. We forget these things all the time. And so Jesus is just restating something that he has already said to them. And I mean, that's right off the pig, piggybacking off of a question that Peter asks. Yeah. But it is a heart issue. And what we see with this, this servant is even as he was being forgiven and he's going out, he had the full intention of finding this guy and doing the, the exact same thing. So in his heart... He had no forgiveness. Right. He had no forgiveness. He, he was not there. Exactly. He failed to recognize what just happened for him. Yeah. And he went on and said, I don't care what just happened for me. I'm going to get what's mine. I'm going to get what's owed me. Right. Even though he was just forgiven a un, an unpayable debt. Yeah. And I think the main point of this is that this idea of unforgiveness should be a foreign concept to Christians. Yes. Right. Believers ought to be... And they should be, and we must be the most forgiving people on earth. Right. I truly believe that. Right. That that pastor we talked about at the beginning of this passage, who forgave the man who killed his child, that should be an example for us. Does it mean it's easy? No, absolutely not. That's not going to be easy. Right. And, and God, I, I pray that that never happens to you. You don't have to experience anything like that. Right. Well... And honestly, I don't think it should be an easy thing. Because if it were... Okay, let me try to restate that. Not that it's not an easy thing. But that it definitely should not be a flippant thing. It should be something that weighs on you so heavy because you need to know the full weight and the purpose of your forgiveness or forgiving of other people. Right. So, not that it's easy if someone murders your son and it's like, yeah, it's whatever. I, I, I just don't see that. Of course. But the weight of... I have been forgiven. I'm forgiving you for murdering my son. And I and I still love you. Or I, I love you. Be, because that should be something that weighs on you heavily. So that you know the gravitas of what that meant. Right. If that makes sense. It does. It does. Because 
it just goes back to the idea that we have been forgiven an unpayable debt. Yeah. Each one of us that that claims Christ and that is a, a true believer in Christ, we have been forgiven something that we could never repay, that we don't deserve, we don't earn it. Right. But he, but it happens anyway for, for those who believe and for those right. who are called according to his purpose. So this idea that we are unforgiving, that we hold these grudges and we, we hold on to bitterness and we hold on to anger and we hold on to, well, to unforgiveness. Unforgiveness? Unforgiveness? Unforgiveness. <laughs> I know what we, you mean. We hold on to hold on to these things. We hold on to these things that we should be letting go. Yeah. Yes. Gr- Christians should not be holding grudges. Exactly. And and, and yes, I, I do believe sometimes it'll be a process to get to that point where you can forgive that person. But it should be a pro- it shouldn't be a year uh, years long vendetta or grudge. Mm-hmm. It 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 should be a process. It should be yes. you you like Austin said you're gonna struggle with this. Yes. You are going to feel the weight of it, and you're gonna your human nature is gonna be like, man, screw that. I'm not doing it. Like that's yeah. your human nature. Yeah. Human nature is eye for an eye. Yeah. You know, let's, you, you did this to me, I'm going to do this to you. I want revenge and I want it now. Yes. That's going to be the side or of Or even you. as Christians, we want justice and we want it now. Right. And we get so, some of us might get so caught up in that. It's like, no, we want justice now here on earth. But then you have things that happen and you don't see justice. Right. It's like, well, justice will be done. We know at the end of the age. Of course. Justice will be enacted by the judge. And let's be honest. Do we really want justice as Christians? Oh, gosh. Because if we did... None of us should be here. We wouldn't be here. Adam and Eve should have just been stopped right or, then and there. Or if you don't, you know, if you don't even want to go far, that far back, the moment we sin, we should be it should be done. If you, yeah. that's, no, that yeah. goes into a different, like, but how that, you view original sin and all that stuff. But, but as like, soon as we enter the earth, you know, through, by the womb, we are... Sinful creatures. So, yeah, right then so and there. I apologize for the wrestling match taking place. Uh, my dog has decided to stop being calm. And I think so this also gets into the, the Christians should be pushovers. You know, getting into, oh, Jesus turned the other cheek. It's like, yeah, you're right. And as Jesus says, you, you forgive them. But at what point do you stop letting them smack you in the face or hit you with a stick or shoot at you? Right. It's no, no Christians are not pushovers. They're not pushovers, not weak. Christians were literally built to be warriors. We were right. built to be soldiers. Men were meant to be, and this gets into other things, but of course, I believe biblically we were meant to be violent. God and, made us to be violent. And and we are we are to protect our family, mm-hmm. protect our people, right? And protect God's people, protect the church. So are we saying that we need to just lay, roll over and let people do whatever they want to us. No, that's not that's not at all what we're saying. Nope. But we're saying once these deeds have been done, once they have wronged us, once things have happened, we forgive that person. We protect our family at all costs. We protect God's family at all costs. Yes. But we also understand that when these things take place and when the dust settles and the smoke clears, we are to forgive that person. And we're yep. going to say, look, because I've been forgiven, because I don't deserve the forgiveness I've been given, I'm forgiving you. Yeah. And that's what it boils down to. It's a heart issue. Yeah. And so, if you're holding on to unforgiveness, if you're holding on to a grudge, you know, we're actually not even supposed to take communion yes. if we're holding on to a grudge. Yes. Right? We are supposed to you should, or, walk away, you go deal with that person, you yeah. make it right between you, and then you come back and you take the Lord's Supper. Yeah. Uh, anytime I give communion meditation, I, I like to say, and I got this from Sojourn when I was attending church there, I like to say, you know... First, this meal is for believers. But if you are a believer here and you have something against someone or you have a problem with somebody, 
don't take communion this week. Yep. Go deal with that. Go make it right. Yeah. Do what you can to make it right. Of course, you can't control their reaction. Right. But you do what you can to forgive and make whatever's going on between you and another brother or sister in Christ, yeah. make it right. Also, if you're not a believer, I don't want you to take this meal either. Yeah. I want you to choose Christ instead. That is what we're saying here. Not be pushovers, not be this, but stop holding the grudge. Yeah. Because what happens with grudges? It turns into bitterness. They fester. They fester like an open wound and it gets infected and it just becomes gross and right. you become a bitter person. Yeah. Whether you're bitter towards everyone, whether everyone sees it, I don't know. But you become bitter. You become bitter towards that particular person that you're having an issue with to where you just look at them and you, you get this feeling of, of hatred and disgust. And you're looking at that person that way, who is also an image bearer of God, made in the image of God, somebody who doesn't deserve forgiveness, but neither do you. Yeah. Anyway, it's yeah. all about a proper perspective of who we are. Again, going back to the Lord's Supper, I think that's a great a great thing to look at too, because it is such a biblical principle of, it even talks about going to the altar. You're going to the altar to make a sacrifice. And if you if you remember this, if something like this has been placed on your heart, you are to leave your sacrifice there at the altar, literally sitting there, and you're supposed to go find that brother, make it right, and then come back to the altar. So that is a very important, very important distinction that we need to remember. This could lead to other discussions, one of which being, what about people who don't repent? Yeah. And we just don't have the time to get into that tonight. Maybe we dive into that. Maybe the first part of our next episode, we talk about that for just a minute. Because I do think that's important. How do we deal with people who do not ask for forgiveness, who don't think they did anything wrong or don't care that they did anything wrong? What do we do then? Actually, I think that's a really good idea for our next episode. What do you think? We could do that. Okay. All right, we'll piggyback on this one, and we'll do that one in a parable. Anyway. Okay. All right. So, yeah. So, we just decided. We'll discuss that on the next <laughs> go-around. Is what do we do with someone who doesn't actually want forgiveness? Yeah. Doesn't care, doesn't think they need it, whatever. There, There is biblical truths to be talked about there. There is a process and to work a, through. Exactly. And we'll, we'll go through that th- this next go-around, because I think that is important. Because I think we, you know, sometimes we believe that we don't forgive until they ask. And I don't think that's true. But I, also, yeah. we forgive, but there's there's more to Like, it looks different. Forgiveness yes. looks different between someone who repents and someone who doesn't. So, th- for the Christian. So, there's right. that. Next. What about the, and this is spoken of in this parable, what about the person who doesn't forgive? Well, exactly what it says. If you do not forgive your brother from your heart, the Father will not forgive you. And and that's it. If, if you are not forgiving people that have done things to you, as Matthew 6 says, you know, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. If you're not forgiving those who trespass against you, God the Father is not going to forgive you of your trespass against Him. And what happens when you are not forgiven? There is only one place for you, and it is not the kingdom of heaven. Right. And I don't want you to hear this and take away, well, Brad Nossin moved into a works-based thing where you, right. where to earn forgiveness, you must forgive. That that's not, that's not how this works. The order actually goes, you are granted forgiveness... And out of an abundance of humility, out of an abundance of knowing your place, knowing who you are, knowing what you've been forgiven from, you automatically want to forgive. Yes. Doesn't make it easy necessarily. Doesn't mean it's not a process. But there is a heart change. That's what it all boils down to. If you are an unforgiving person, it is 
there you start working out your own salvation with fear and trembling. It's there you start asking questions and you start seeking the Lord, seeking the scripture, talking to people and say, hey, I have no desire to forgive this person or I have no desire to forgive anyone. Okay, maybe there's a heart issue there. Maybe there's a salvation issue there because a true believer in Christ knows what he's been forgiven from and will automatically be a forgiving person. Right. Well, and or at least desire to be a forgiving person. Right. Well, and and like you said, we're not a works-based system, but there are works. So Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And this is one of them that God has prepared before us, as in we are forgiving because God has set that before us to do. And it's it's important. Yeah. We need to do it. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of the fruits that we see out of true believers. Yeah. True children of God. Yeah. Forgiveness. Well, and through forgiveness, look at all the other fruits of the Spirit that go with forgiveness. Through forgiveness, you have to love them. Through forgiveness, we see, we have an abundance of proof that joy eventually comes with that. Through forgiveness, you have peace. Through forgiveness, it's kindness. Through forgiveness, goodness, love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, gentleness, self-control, so on and so forth. Yeah. All of the fruits of the Spirit work through forgiveness. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, just take self-control. How does that fit in? Well, (laughs) you are are exercising self-control when you forgive and when you don't seek vengeance. Yeah. You don't seek revenge on that person. Yeah. And that's when you know, okay, God's working on me, and and it's not easy, and I don't like it, and my flesh is like, this is dumb. My flesh is like, let's get them. But the Spirit supersedes that and overrides that and says, no, we are going to forgive because you've been forgiven. So again, it is a natural byproduct of being born again, is that forgiveness. If you are unforgiving and you find that being a consistent pattern, it is time to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Yeah. It is time to ask those questions, to seek guidance, to seek the Lord, seek his, his word, seek out your pastor, work through that yeah, and, and figure it out. And the reason why I say the struggle is a good thing is because that for me is proof that your flesh is warring with the spirit. Right. And it, that is proof, and it should be proof for yourself saying, my flesh doesn't want to do this, but there's a part of me that knows that I should. Right. And exactly. so, for, again, I take that as a good thing, saying, okay, the Spirit is working in you. Yep. So that is the parable of the unforgiving servant. Like I said, I think this kind of brings forth other discussions, and oh, yeah. we're going to we're gonna have another discussion next week about this. And we're going to talk about what happens to someone who doesn't want forgiveness and doesn't want to repent. Yep. How do we deal with that? We'll break from the parables and do that for a, an episode, and then we'll go back in to do a couple more parables, you yep. know. Producing on the fly. Yeah. That's, that's what I like. But I think it did lead to a cool conversation, a cool question that we should discuss. Yeah, I so, agree. So thank you guys for listening to this episode, episode number 74. We are inching ever closer to that 100 mark that we're excited to get to. Yeah. And uh, inching ever closer to kind of sharing our vision of where we want this to go and what we want to do and who we want to bring along. And one of the answers to that question is you. We want to bring you along. There you go. We want you to join us on this journey, listening to us, interacting with us, engaging with us, sharing this with other people. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had the biggest month ever in July that we've had in the 13 months, 14 months we've been doing this. Why not August? Why yeah. not have a bigger month in August? Let's do it. Let's shoot for Let, it. Let's, let's see what happens and, and go a little higher. And maybe instead of, you know, we, maybe we get to 550 downloads in a month. 
that, that'd be pretty cool. So thank you guys again. That's awesome. We so appreciate that. Do us a favor. Jump on Facebook, Instagram. Like us. Subscribe to all the podcast feeds that you have. Shoot us a five-star review on Apple if you would. Get us up the charts. And we'll see you guys next week. In the meantime, stay, stay rooted. rooted.